The wheels are coming off the clown car. And you know what that means. Lots of Democrats in giant shoes and red noses run around like crazy people to the press. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Green, and this is Right Angle with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. And gentlemen, you know, this moment was coming. You could see it brewing last month as as those Biden-Harris poll numbers started to do their uh, their nosedive as people were paying, you know, little things like 80 bucks to fill up their tank with gas and, uh, oh, all the little lovely things that come from chronic mismanagement or I don't know, maybe it's malice. Maybe it's both. Who knows? What I do know is in one day, two left-wing news outlets came out guns blazing against the Biden administration. Well, actually, that's not true. What we have going on right now is this infighting. You've got CNN taking the heat to Kamala Harris. You had the Washington Post taking the heat to the Biden White House because the blame game is getting really, really serious here. It's like Twister with knives. Uh, I want to get first to this uh, this CNN report. Um, and that's the one they did on Kamala Harris on Sunday. And this this was a written report, not a not a live thing on TV. And uh, it was almost 5,000 words long. I mean, they went deep. They said uh, that key West Wing aides have largely thrown up their hands at Harris and her inept staff because they're worn out by what they see as entrenched dysfunction and lack of focus. And for their part, Harris's people complained that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned and instead is being sidelined and that the White House makes her feel constrained in what she's able to do politically. You know, like not step over her own tongue when she's trying to talk. Um, Scott, I think there's going to be friction and tension between any vice president and any president. because That's just the way our system is set up. But. I tend to notice that when an administration is running more or less like a well-oiled machine, that these frictions don't become the subject of 5,000 word CNN articles during a Democratic administration. Is that uh, your take or what do you got for me? In a run-up to a midterm election, yeah. I think think we have a a lack of message discipline uh, from the Biden administration. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I'd like them to just keep talking as much as they possibly can. It can only (laughs) redound to the health of the republic uh, if they should do so. You know, it really surprises me that uh, Kamala Harris isn't seen as an efficient, strong leader with a disciplined staff. Um, After all, former President Obama referred to her as, I believe, uh, the most attractive attorney general in the United States. And so (laughs) I just... Yeah, how could that not uh, lead to success in this new role? Um, Now, you know, as you pointed out, we're listening to backstabbing among staffers uh, from both sides. And so these are just sort of the most pathetic creatures in government. I mean, it's bad enough to be an elected official, but to be somebody who is hired by an elected official uh, to to basically operate behind the scenes, the only glory you get to experience is when you leak something to the Washington Post or to CNN. And then you can go out drinking with your friends and say, hey, see that quote about Harris? That was me. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think you, you should ignore largely these unattributed stories. On the other hand, the fact that there are these unattributed stories out there does indicate a lack of message discipline. 
within the administration and typically in organizations where the majority of the staff is happy with the direction, they're willing to endure all kinds of discomfort and inconvenience in order to be part of an effort that's achieving its goal. And I think what happens is as the as the, uh, the ship of state is kind of falling apart or at least falling into disrepair, then you get people who are trying to carve out their areas and say, basically, well, I knew what I was doing, but it's the Harris team that doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, Kamala Harris, for her part, if anybody on her staff literally thinks that the president of the United States should be granting her a portfolio to handle anything and then attributing the success in that area to her uh, administrations, that's just not what the vice president of the United States is for. I mean, the vice president is sitting around waiting for the president to be incapacitated. <laughs> and so, and, and at that well, point, that, then they get, <laughs> are we a little post-mature on that? Email. Are we, that's right. So, you know, there's not a, there's not a role really for the vice president other than tiebreaker in the event of a, of a tie in the Senate. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to argue against anything that's being said here simply because I'm not fully convinced that any of it is legitimate other than the fact that what you pointed out, Steve, that CNN and the Washington Post feel unshackled to be able to speak in less than laudatory terms about the Biden administration. Yeah, the uh, the next story had a lot of uh, elected several Democratic uh, office holders going on the record. There's a Pennsylvania congressman uh, somewhere from uh, your old haunt, Scott, uh, all sorts of stuff. But this uh, this Washington Post story, which also came out Sunday, came out both guns blazing on the Biden administration. Again, Siena attacked Harris. WAPO's going after Biden. So there's like this uh, intra-party fight going on here. And the Washington Post story opened up uh, just complaining that Biden got it wrong on inflation. Biden got it wrong on Afghanistan. Biden got it wrong on something else and the other thing. And then they got congressmen going on the record, distancing themselves from the White House. Um, the story started off by saying a growing number of Democrats worry that the White House has repeatedly underestimated the scale of challenges facing the country and that Biden's weak performance is exacerbating the party's political problems and making its already perilous path to holding Congress in 2022 even more difficult. And Bill, that's really what it comes down to, is Democrats who think that Biden is so weak and such a bad president, whether it's malice or just bad policy or whatever it is, that they're fleeing, that it's rats sinking the sinking ship or clowns fleeing the clown car. Uh, what does this tell you about 2022, Bill, when the recriminations are going on a year in advance instead of the day after? Well, first of all, when they say that the president underestimated the challenges to the country, the previous president faced the same challenges. And we had a record economy, record low uh, unemployment numbers for minorities. We had all of these things were sailing along just fine. We were energy independent. We didn't have ships backed up at harbors. Those were the same challenges. So I don't think it's a question of the White House underestimating the challenges. I think it's the reality of the challenges completely overwhelming the president, who uh, is not uh, – I wouldn't call him the, the intellectual uh, uh, fluidity champion of the world. <laughs> You're too um, kind. Yeah, I am. Uh, and I have to just add a quick comment, too. You said that um, that the – that the uh, 
the vice office of the vice president said it's not her fault. She's not being adequately prepared. And I hear that. And I think, what do you mean she's not adequately prepared? She's a woman and she's black. That's her preparation. That's what got her on the ticket. That's why she's the vice president. What do you mean she's not adequately prepared? She's fully prepared. This I've been talking about this for a while, but Scott really nailed it on our, on our backstage show, uh, uh, visible to members only here at BillWhittle.com. What Scott said is, um, when you're the challenger, you don't have to have a platform. All you have to do is attack the incumbent. All you have to do is get the guy out of office. Reality was the incumbent here prior to the election uh, uh, so-called of 2020. That reality was the incumbent. And this is my entire point, not just with Biden and Harris, but with the whole idea of socialism, right? You can sing socialism's praises to the skies because capitalism is the incumbent. And all of the flaws that come with being in the real world are there for you to take shots at. You, you can point out all the failures, you can point out all the problems and all the rest. And meanwhile, here you sit with this shiny product that has no flaws whatsoever because it's not in play. Well, like I've said, you know, the only way to get people to get rid of bad ideas is to give it to them. And, and this is exactly what, what's happened. We got, a, we got a guy who they thought they could drag over the line who is clearly in a state of significant mental decline before he was even, uh, before the election even happened. And then behind him, you've got a person who came in last in her own state's primary. And, and, now, and now they're surprised at this. This is the thing I that, that has given me so much hope throughout this whole process, and that is we have lost control of the message and, and the ability to change the message. They own everything. They own everything. But what they don't own is reality. They cannot influence the price of gas through CNN reports. They cannot... They cannot, even the combined efforts of the entire mass media cannot make Joe Biden look competent or make Kamala Harris look interesting or, or, or likable. These are built into the solution that they, that they use to, to lever their, their power. Now they've got it. Now they're stuck with it. And if you think their numbers are low now, wait till next year, because that means we've still got another whole 12 months of, of disasters and, in, and incompetence ahead of us to run against. And as I'm sure you know, Steve, uh, I mentioned this in my uh, Moving Back to America show today, uh, the, the, the Democratic versus Republican preference lead favors Republicans now by a margin that has never been seen in the 40 years of polling. Wow. The, the, the Republican lead is larger, not only larger than it's ever been, larger than it's ever been since they've been making this who do you prefer kind of thing. That's going to go even more red uh, over time because we had a previous reality to compare this to. And as long as they were selling unicorn, uh, you know, <laughs> dreams, then then, OK, vote for the unicorn. Well, now you've got the unicorn in office and uh, and he doesn't seem to know where he is. And the backup uh, is one of the most unpleasant, unlikable, phony, shallow, unprepared people in the history of this country. And the fact that we're talking about the vice president at all, Steve, is an indication of just how bad this is, because as Scott pointed out just a moment ago, the vice president's job is invisible. You don't worry about the vice president. The, the vice president's job is to go to funerals uh, overseas and, and you know, and, 
and, and hope the president doesn't fall down the stairs. And having watched Joe Biden already fall down the stairs, uh, I think they're in real trouble. She's going to be the next president of the United States. I think there's no question about that. No question whatsoever that, that Joe Biden is going to be able to last four years. Oh, so. uh, yeah, Bill, uh, kind of off topic here, but I just saw a video this morning of Biden at his own signing ceremony for the big infrastructure bill that the Congress just passed last week. He couldn't even get through that without uh, just uh, embarrassing himself. Vapor lock. Uh, he, he vapor locked at the lectern when he was talking about his bill. And then he kind of does that old man shuffle off to the table where he's supposed to sign it. He gets to the table finally, says, oh, my mask. And then he does the old man shuffle back to the lectern. He can't find the mask. So he does the old man shuffle back to the signing. And the real tell was when he starts walking back to the table again, you see Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer walking behind him, and they don't look to be in any better shape than he is. This is Pelosi had a stroke on camera. Did you see that interview where she just <sighs> just she just. Just, just stalled, just ran out of gas. Somebody disconnected the the distributor cap, man. I mean, it's just it's, the thing is not even turning over anymore. Wow. Oh boy, this is this is our democratic leadership, ladies and gentlemen, such as it is. You betcha. Um, it's really fun watching the rats fleeing the sinking ship. I I, I always get a thrill out of this when the GOP is looking strong in a midterm. I, I went through the same kind of joy in 2010, and my tiny shriveled black little heart just gets a it gets a thrill out of it. Uh, they say there's, uh, you know, a lot can happen between now and Election Day. And, you know, maybe Democrats will start fleeing back to support Joe as his numbers improve. But I don't think that's going to happen this time because Biden's mm -hmm. got to turn things around. And the list of things he's got to turn around is so long. I actually had to jot it down here. So the Biden plan for dealing with the logistical knots that are slowing down the economy and, you know, keeping the store shelves bare was to take Pete Buttigieg, who was supposed to be doing this stuff, away from his maternity leave and send him out in front of the cameras to tell us that uh, the infrastructure is racist. Uh, the next, uh, oh, the Biden plan for fighting inflation is to borrow another $5 trillion and pump that into the economy. So, whoo, yeah. Uh, the Biden plan for COVID is a mandate that the courts have decided he doesn't have the power to enforce. And the Biden plan for getting our people out of Afghanistan is to hope and pray that Americans forget that there are still Americans stranded in Afghanistan. And oh, one more is his, uh, the Biden plan for solving the border crisis is to send Kamala Harris to Guatemala for a photo op. So if they're going to turn this thing around before next November, <laughs> I'll quit drinking if that happens. And that's your right angle on that. Brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Just remember, content like this needs sponsors like you. So go to Bill Whittle. Sign up today or make a one-time donation. We'd love to have you on board. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.